welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest may or may not have already been on my podcast, but we're having him back because we have some exciting news. So Nick, thank you once again for being on this podcast. Yeah, well, thank you for having me back. This is a wonderful time. So tell us, since you are our very first guest on this podcast and may or have not been the person that pushed me to do this, what's been going on in the last, what, two months it's been? Three months? Two months. Yeah, it's well, it's been, I mean, I guess it's been, been four months since we started to work together. Yes. We did take a month off yes. because basically you were slammed, overwhelmed. We did too much, too fast, mm-hmm. um, kind of put you in a box, which was it, like the best, the literal best problem to have. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've been absolutely cranking it. When we at the end of this, at the end of November, when we started to work together, mm-hmm. you had made like around eleven thousand that month, correct? Yeah. Like in total 11, revenue, 000. eleven and yeah. change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in March, the month that we took off from working each other after we did like a ninety-day December, January, February sprint, you did twenty-two k in ten days. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we ramped up like crazy. Um, and then basically took a break. April 1st came around and you're like, we got to continue going. I'm ready to go. Like we sorted all of our issues out and we kind of hopped back on the horse here. But yeah, it was awesome. Like when we started this podcast, this is something that you've been talking about since, I don't know, June of last year. Well, it, not even then. I've been saying it for, I think, three years before you came into my life. So yeah, oh, and probably I was three like, years. all right, let's start a podcast. And like, I have all this stuff. And I remember back in like June, July, August of last year, we set up like guest list and everything. And then we started working together in December. It still hadn't happened. And I was like, great. First episode, week of working together, me and you, we crushed it. Um, that podcast was so much fun. But yeah, it is. An, no, it's crazy. To just like actually think about the progress that we made and not even in general of like an entire relationship, but just in a 90 day sprint um, that continues to move forward. So yes, it's really exciting. And the reason I want to bring Nick back on this is because we've been working together on a few projects. Nick, as I think we talked about on that first podcast, I hired as a consultant to come help me just like a better term, get shit done and just hold me accountable because I'm the type of person that you tell me I can't do something, I will do it, and then I will exceed it. So mm-hmm. I remember you came back to me. <laughs> you were like, wow, I'm actually surprised. Like, you you actually did everything. Like, you mm-hmm. like you you're, you do everything hey, you get, I tell you, you to You get do. your shit done. Like, you actually yeah. do your homework. I work with so many clients who, like, I have all these problems, and I'm like, here's your list. Like, it's 20 things long. Like, you have to do three of them. Right. Like, Very tangible. Where's the progress? Like, uh, and it sucks. And I think the difference, and I have – been telling people this like the difference between whether or not you're successful like most businesses at the stage that you're in have pretty much the exact same problems right right and they're pretty easy to solve the difference is are you going to set time aside from fulfilling i mean literally whether you are a restaurant your resume writer you're in any other kind of business like the difference becomes can you step away from the internals of actually producing and fulfilling for your clients and get that thirty thousand foot view overlooking it and actually execute in order to do what you need to do to work on your business and improve. And if you right. can't do that, or you can never like actually set the time aside, it makes it really diff- like difficult to grow. And you are gladly like, oh, I can just give the work that I'm doing internally to my employees and I can go work on this all day. And it's made like the world a difference. Oh, it does for sure. And now kind of looking outside, I mean, so many people just are stagnant or, oh, it's just been me. I'm a solopreneur, which is great for you, but how are you going to grow or how are you, you're definitely not maximizing how much revenue you can make. And that's where 
it's it's just crazy to me of how people are like, oh yeah, I've been in business for like ten to twenty years, but it's just me. I'm like, why? I don't I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't have me. to be that way, yeah. No, like why do you want to do all that work? But I love it. So we came up with this idea. I came up with this idea that I mm-hmm. said, let's do something together. I had massive success working with Nick, still have him as like my um, pseudo COO for now until I have one. But what we're offering to people now, this is what I really want to talk about. So we've had a few clients now under our belt, but tell the good people, because I'm sure they're sick of hearing my mm-hmm. voice. I know. What are we I'm offering? <laughs> sick of hearing it too. It's like all day. But um, Thanks. just kidding, Angela. Love you. But yeah, I think it was, it, just, it made so much sense. So the way that we're structuring it now, um, the way I like to think about it is obviously, yeah, we work together, we have the success. And you're like, I also know a million people who are in my exact same boat because the people you serve are looking for jobs usually, but your network right. is comprised mm-hmm. of business owners, oh, right? Who, sure. are, yep. who are definitely in the exact same bucket that you were. Um, and being able to basically be like, oh, I could, this service that I'm enjoying, I could white label out into the rest of my network I have where, yeah, now we get to sit down where your expertise is writing content for people who struggle with content strategy and my expertise is in building content strategy. And together we kind of package it all in one. We get to do like a great, not only marketing consulting business, but actual like miniature marketing agency is the way I look at it. Right. Like, um, do you say take my coat off? It's loud. We get a chat. It's it's swishy. It's swishy. I hear it. Okay. We'll go long sleeves for this after this, but yeah. Um, no, so it's super cool that we get to, I guess, like collaborate in a way that does bring revenue to both of us, but also solves like a major problem. I run into all the time with my very own consulting and coaching business of like, I can tell them to do everything. Like I was telling you, the difference becomes whether or not you can execute. And a lot of times they won't go out and actually do the thing where now you become like almost a fulfillment side. Cause you can, if I, if I give you a content strategy, you can crush 16 LinkedIn posts in an hour. Yep. Right. Like it's super easy for you to go off and do that. Somebody who's never wrote on LinkedIn or have built Instagram posts or have tried to be active on social, that can almost take them eight hours a day to just like get out of their own head and put something to like to paper. Um, right. So for us to collab and do that is like, yeah, it makes all the difference. And I think it's incredibly valuable. Well, and that was my problem of why I waited to take off or to kind of like take off and do all this social media posting. So I was like, well, I don't want to do it. Nobody cares what I have to say. Like who really, who's going to listen to me? Nobody's going to hire me for these reasons. But once I started doing it and got, and I think probably you yelling at me because that, that adds up to how I probably got started doing it or continuously doing it. It just took so much time. And now looking back, I'm like, I wasted so much time just getting in my own head. So that's where I was like, okay, let's do this content piece that I can come in and do. And there's, you have no excuses why you can't do it. I mean, shit, I, I wish we, I had a, one of us when I was at that point in my business, but it's, I mean, content creation takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of work. I'm never going to say like, it's so easy. It's just get mm-hmm. out of your own head. You can see what we're doing. You feel confident about it. And then you can repurpose across platforms. But well, I think it's a hard part too, is like actually establishing the confidence, right? I can tell you like, Hey, here's the topics you go need to cover. But even in writing it, like I'm still doing it. To, like every single week is a test. Here's this topic I need to cover. What is the best way to deliver that 
Like what is the best format? What are the exact pieces I need to highlight? Um, and I'll talk about the same topic. Like you always give me shit for it. I'm like, every time I think of you, all I hear is like buyer's journey, customer experience, blah, 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 blah. And it's like the exact same topic. But what I'm doing is trying to like craft a deliverable. Of, like, how do I say it one way that everybody resonates with? Like the majority of people like, oh, now I get what he's talking about. Because to me, that message is so natural, which is like for a lot of business owners, they know their business to a T. They know everything about it, the inside. So now they know 100% of it and they think 100% of their business is valuable to everybody. They're just like, why would you not want this? And yeah, of course you're going to have like that look at it when you created it. That's how it goes. But the reality becomes like they only care about a really, really small percentage of it is that you do. Right. And they won't even understand that small percentage unless you talk to it about them. Like you talk to them about it the right way. And so like, even I'm consistently trying to redevelop the way that I'm delivering the thing I think is the most valuable, which is now what we've kind of taken off the shoulders of some of our clients where I step in and go, Hey, here are your main points, right? You thought it was these five after dissecting in discovery phases and having conversations with you, you having conversations with your customers, we're now defining that it's these five things, which are totally different. And then you get to step in and you get to go here's how we're actually going to talk about those five things in a way that it's going to engage conversation. It's going to start to lead to some conversions and overall be the most valuable where now that person doesn't have to sit there for, you know, six to eight months and like, I guess like grind away at LinkedIn before they see a result. We just fast track it. Right. And I love what we're doing because it's not a one size fits all. It's uh, let's figure out what the issue is because for whatever reason, everyone has opinions about careers. Everyone has opinions about how you should run your business. Those are the two. And it's funny that that's pretty much my whole life of what I do and offer. So kind of both worlds uh, mixing there well, but breaking it down. And I really want to talk because I get this question all the time. So I'm blue in the face saying it. So from your perspective, Nicholas, What's our process of how we work with people? We do our free consultation breakdown, but what does it look like working with us? Uh, it's, I guess you do talk about this more than I do, which I thank you for because I hate being the sales owner of a business. So I'm happy it. that you get to do this for me. But yeah, I mean, our process is really, really basic. Um, you hear this from everybody and it's like, it has to start with goals. But I think where we become very valuable is how bullish we are and what goals we're setting. Um, yep. We focus a lot on qualitative goals versus quantitative. Like we have the quantitative piece, which is, hey, how many meetings do we have to book? How many people do we have to talk to? What does your revenue numbers look like after 90 days? Um, where do you need to be to see growth? Because that's right. how we can tell like what we have to do in order to get there. But the other aspect of it that we look like or that we look at within the first week is like, what does your business look like? Who do you want to be? Who is your customer? Um, what's the voice of your brand? What kind of things do you actually want to accomplish in your time working with us? And actually, you know, you're turning your business into something. You're not only trying to just get more money, you're trying to change what your business becomes. And that's all we do pretty much in week one. It's just discover that, like, where do we have to go from a financial standpoint? And how do you actually want to transition into like the person, the company that you're trying to become? So that's process one. Process two is figuring out like, okay, great. That's where you want to go. What kind of customers and how do they need, or like, what do they need to see and how do they want to buy and how can you get them to buy in order to get there? So we kind of break down who your target audience is, 
um, what your current buying process is, how you're leading somebody through an entire customer experience, um, and essentially like crafting the route from first touch point of awareness to last touch point to referral. And we're building in like, if that process looked like X, that's how we would get result of Y, which we established in our goals. And then from there, it becomes really simple of what messaging do they need to hear and how do they prefer to absorb it? Right. Whereas the majority of your target audience spending the most amount of time might not even be on social medias, right? Might be in physical networking groups. It might be like very rarely these days, but I would say like, you know, like it could be magazines just to like talk about it. Like who knows where they're spending the time, like depending on your industry, right? Like it could be different. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the important part there is like taking a really, really deep dive into where's your audience spending the most amount of time? What do they need to hear in order to trust you the most? And then we kind of work on how we can package that message and deliver it to make that level of impact. Right. And so we just, yeah, we bridge the gap. And I think it's been, um, we have one client right now. That's great. Like we have new conversations every week where he went from, I need to make all this money to actually I'm trying to hire people and I don't know how to source talent. And I'm like, great. What information are you trying to collect from your mm-hmm. potential hires? He's like, oh, I'm getting a broad, um, what's it, like a broad resume. And I'm like, well, right. what if they could answer three questions before you even decided whether or not you were going to collect the resume? So you're not sorting through 400 resumes, you're sorting through four. And now he's saving time. He can spend more money on sales or more time on sales and marketing. Like, yeah, it's, but I think that's it, right? We establish goals. We look at their target audience, where they're spending time, what they need to hear. And then how can you actually deliver that message through what avenue in order to, you know, make those conversations happen? And it's even great too, because it you don't have to be a well-established business where I've had more people lately that are interested or like, oh, I've considered doing consulting or, oh, I've considered started my starting my business. And that's where we come in as an asset to say like, hey, look, screw this. You don't need any of that. Let's focus on this area because I'm sure you can relate to this too of all the mistakes like I know I made early on and I had some friends like helping me out who already had established businesses, but having that like voice of reason person, because you're brand new, you don't have the money to uh, like hire someone full time to be with you 40 hours a week, but just being that point of clarity and how to refocus what to do. So you can easily scale, you can easily focus on what needs to be, what doesn't need to be. Because again, there's so much information out there that's just straight up wrong, or just like leads people in the wrong direction. And that's what, hey, let's be a point of clarity. And what we offer too, is just more hey, we tested it and we did this. I'm never going to recommend you something that neither one of us haven't tested or don't know anything about. We are the first to say like, hey, look, I don't know this answer, but I do have someone that does with our referral partners we have and everything out there. But yeah, I, well, that. I really establish myself as not a teacher. Right. Like, I like teachers who usually like work in universities are lifelong students, professors. They've been reading books. They've been doing research very rarely is it stuff that they've learned in real time through businesses, organizations in the field of craft, right? Like it's always either something that has already happened that they're learning about to try and like predict the future. And very rarely is it like in real time, let's test whether A or B works, like especially in the business world, not saying that for all professions, but in the business world. And all of our knowledge that we're bringing to the table has nothing to do with like, oh, if you read this book, you'll get the answer. Oh, if you just like follow this person, you'll get the answer. It also to do with it. Okay, we did this and we saw this result. Yes, it might not work for your situation exactly like 
I guess, like purely white label copy paste, mm -hmm. but the approach and the mindset and the methodology behind it is actually the thing that is like become super applicable. That's where we talk about like what you're saying about goal setting of like, we have clients that come in that say, Hey, we want to accomplish a, B and C or want to do a, B and C with our marketing. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to sit them down and be like, well, that's not going to work. Like, like that's just not a thing for you because your audience isn't spending time there. Right. right? This isn't going to impact your business in any way, shape or form. I had a, um, but I called the other day and they're like, yeah, we know we need to be doing more like newsletter and blog marketing. And I was like, no, you think you need to be doing more newsletter <laughs> There's and blog a difference, marketing. But like, right. You have a huge gap on all these other avenues that are actually where your audience is spending time. It's like to redirect where your goals are being set honestly becomes one of the more valuable things in our process than the actual work and the consulting we do. It's like if you can establish the right North Star, mm -hmm. the path becomes clear. But you can do everything you know, from top to bottom, but if you're going the wrong way, you're never going to hit, like, you know, it's ne you're never going to accomplish anything. Right. And you so don't I have to said, do everything. Right. Yeah. Setting the right end goal is the biggest difference between whether or not you're actually going to be successful. Mm -hmm. I had someone this morning, I just met at a networking group and she's like, well, I'm on every platform out there and I know that's the right thing to do. I said, but okay, well, why do you think that's the right thing to do? Like, did yeah. someone tell you that? Where are you seeing success? And I don't have success on Facebook as much and she's getting paid on Facebook reels. So Facebook's the target audience for her. But mm -hmm. because I initially went into marketing, I'm like, Oh, I have to be on every social media to stay relevant. I have to do everything. No, you don't. I do well on LinkedIn. I do well on TikTok, and that's my two main. Yeah, posts. no, let's, let's break that down because I think that's interesting for especially what we did. Um, and the thing I like to highlight the most, like I always use you as a case study when I talk to people now because it's, it makes so much sense. Because you love me? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Also you. because what we did um, worked like significantly and very, very fast. Mm -hmm. But the coolest thing we did with you, um, and I'm even going to take this back to when we started working together in July before using a paid partnership. Like it was like working together for free. I was trying out a new service. Um, you wanted marketing help. So we just like ran into it. Remember the first thing I asked you, like, what do you want your business to look like? Like, what do you want to accomplish? If you could do anything, like what would be the parts in your marketing that you would be doing? And you're like, oh, it's like all these big, amazing things. And we're like, okay, let's do all these big, amazing things. And so we took a bunch of action and we started a mm -hmm. lot. Um, and you let it run, but it became stressful. It became tedious. Um, you had to make sure that you were controlling and producing content where like you're trying to like meet deadlines on a day-to-day -day basis with your marketing, which I know a huge percentage of people feel like well, right. when we started working together in December, our first conversation was the exact opposite. What two channels produce the largest ROI and let's literally cut everything else, right? Like, let's not worry about Instagram. Let's not worry about Facebook. Let's not worry about like, even you writing a newsletter, like you get a ton of inbound on LinkedIn and TikTok. Mm -hmm. So let's put a hundred percent of our energy in those two places and you can still produce the same amount of content you were doing. You don't have to all of a sudden 10 X your production. But what you did do is you just cut out a bunch of mental and physical energy where you were giving it to all those other spaces. And we started working on your fulfillment. We started working on your customer experience. We started working on your talent acquisition. We started looking at like all aspects of your business that are going to enhance, you know, you hate it, but like enhance your buyer's journey and enhance your customer experience. <laughs> there it is. So when they actually come through, it's easier to say yes. And it's harder to leave without giving a referral. Mm -hmm. right? That's what it comes down to. Like you wouldn't have time to do all that. If I told you you had to be on 12 platforms. Right. Because or outsourcing. That's what it came yeah. down to is I outsource my blog. Now 
I have one of my employees run our Instagram, so I'm not doing it, but I'm putting in my personal energy on LinkedIn and TikTok because I have that feasibility to do that. And but it's I'm not doing dividends though. Like those two platforms yes. are crushing it for you. That even if you didn't outsource the other stuff, we can still scale. Oh, for it's, sure. It, like, yeah. It's even if I just stated those. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Which I think like that's the important part of like people don't realize that marketing is so holistic. Mm-hmm. Like it is more like marketing doesn't just stop when you start a conversation or somebody like pays for your service. It continues through the entire aspect of their experience with your product, their experience with the result they get after they even like stop using your product. All of that just like their experience with you as a whole becomes the marketing. Right. And so if you don't have time to fix the other parts of your business or you're not looking at it from a standpoint of like, oh, if they have a great customer experience through fulfillment. Oh, maybe they'll stay on longer. Maybe they'll upsell. Um, yeah, that phrase like retention's the forgotten child. It's like literally it. Like you can, it's a lot easier to make. It's a lot easier to sell somebody who already said yes to you, right? And you know had a great experience than it is to find a brand new client who's never heard of you. Oh, we've done so much upsell. I mean, I have to do the math on it, but it's thousands of dollars of upsell. Or all every single call I had today was a referral, and I had I think eight free consultations today and every single one was a referral. So no work I did. It was from someone that saw something, someone I worked with and that speaks for itself. Now I do want to bring up, cause this still sticks with me to this day when we first started working together and how it's so important. So when I was in my head about marketing, I'm like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. Like it's just too much time. I don't have the energy. And I said, well, I should be doing this. And you go, Mm-mm. Why? Who said you should be doing? What do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I want to swear. And I want to say like, fuck corporate and do your own thing. And you said, okay, then say fuck corporate and do your own thing. And I was like, but people, and you're like, but what? Is that who you want to attract? I'm like, well, no. And that's what, ever since we talked about that, mm-hmm. my marketing has just been like, so it's fun to do now to me where I love posting on LinkedIn and I don't force it. If I'm not feeling it that day, I'm not going to post. Like, that's okay. And you could tell from the, my previous post, like when I forced the post and they don't perform well, but when they're like, I'm inspired, I'm feeling it. Like they're great and they're phenomenal. Anything. Mm-hmm. And even like re like simplifying your marketing, you don't need to do this whole complex process. Just say like, Hey, here's three tips on a resume or Hey, this is a great client story. I mean, marketing does not have to be this complex thing. And you, I truly have you to thank for changing my mindset on that. And it's, it's just, it is it is life changing to think about, but there, I think well, that's there's worth so mentioning. yeah, there's so much to unpack there in the standpoint of like if you market inauthentic to yourself, and I hate the word authenticity in marketing because it's so blanket and everybody's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, just be yourself, and it's like, well, so I don't even know what that means. <laughs> um, but like, it truly comes down to that, right? So if like, if you want to swear on a podcast, you're like, oh, but it's gonna turn off people who might work with me if I don't swear on a podcast is like, okay, but do you want to work with people who aren't going to work with you because you swore on a podcast? Is that going to be fun for you to work with? Hell and, no. the, and the answer is no. Like, right. If they're going to, if they're going to say, Hey, I don't like who you are as a person. I don't want to work with you and your company. Good. Like so good. Because you know, also you're going to be trying to change how your business operates, what you do in order to serve them. And at the end of the day, you're never going to do it to your full potential because you're not acting right. with an integrity. They're never going to get the best experience, which means they're not going to give you referrals. Well, if you get the clients that work with you because you swore on your podcast, they're the ones who are really going to probably love your process, 
who you are as a person, the energy you bring to every single call, the kind of work you do, and they're going to leave and go tell six people. Right. And so it's like, would you rather get the one person because you didn't swear or would you rather get the six people off the referral because you did? And like, it's obviously it's not like a perfect equation, but it's how people buy, right? If you get really, really obsessed with something, even if you know your friends aren't into the same things that you are, you're still going to tell them about it. You're still going to say, hey, I know you don't like this, but listen to this song anyways. Maybe you'll like this one. I've sent you 12 that you didn't like. <laughs> Maybe true. you'll like the 13th. Like it's the, right. it's the way we act because we're so obsessed with sharing things about ourselves. It's just like, it's, it's human nature. And I, I don't, did we, I wonder if we talked about this on your last podcast, but I've talked about it on a couple and it's my favorite analogy. Let's um, go for it. Yeah. But like great marketing is when you become the kid who smokes cigarettes outside of the school. But like that's, that's what good marketing is. This, but yes, I mean, keep it I going. Know we have talked about it a million times. I just can't remember if everybody else has heard it, but yeah, it's like great marketing. When you're a good company, you're the company that's smoking cigarettes outside of the school. And not from the standpoint of like, yeah, like everybody of course thinks you're cool, but they think you're cool for four reasons, right? And it's, it's attitude, it's aesthetic, it's autonomy. And then the other one is, oh God, all the A words and my dyslexia kills me. <laughs> um, authenticity, of course, the last buzzword. The word you the hate, right? Yeah, the word <laughs> that I hate the most, but right. So it comes down to like a, you break it down and like it's authentic in the standpoint of like genuinely enjoys smoking cigarettes, right? You could pull another kid off the playground who's never had a cigarette before. Um, he could fake it, but you're going to know that he's faking it, right? He's probably not going to inhale. He's probably going to cough. Like it's just going to be one of those things like, oh, clearly he doesn't enjoy this. He's just doing it for X, Y, and Z reasons, right? right. Companies who do the thing they do, like swear on a podcast, like say certain things in their marketing that are authentic, they're doing it because they believe it and they enjoy it. It's actually right. really enjoyable. So that's the authenticity piece. The autonomy piece is they're going to do it regardless of whether or not they're supposed to, right? Kid who smokes cigarettes on a school ground knows that he's going to get in trouble, doesn't care. He's stuck at school, likes right. to smoke cigarettes, is going to do it anyways. Again, take another random kid off the playground, put him next to him. What's that kid going to do? Act nervous. Look around all the time. Um, I don't know, maybe shake, whatever. Like you're going to see it in his body language that like it's not natural to him. And he definitely cares about whether or not he gets caught. Right. And so that autonomy piece, we actually really, really resonate with. The other one, um, of course, of like attitude. Doesn't care, right? Mm -hmm. Like very, very confident. And I think like doesn't care isn't the right word choice, but confidence is that what I'm doing is mine and it's okay. And like people are just going to accept that I do this. Nobody is going to yell at me because it's not their life. It's me. It's my company. It's my brand. It's my messaging. This is what I care about. That's the attitude part. And then the last one, um, of aesthetic is like, yeah, he actually makes it look good. You're not supposed to do it. It's the thing that everybody tells you not to. It's not allowed. It's against the rules. And yet it looks natural. Yep. Right. And so building a perfect brand and like in marketing in order to be successful, like, so and instead of saying like authentic, I think authentic has to have those other three attributes to make it work. And for people to like accept you as a company, it has to be all four of those. And if you're missing one, it's going to get called out exactly what we talked about of like you swearing on a podcast is who you are it's it 
definitely like your personality. It's natural. It's unnatural not to, if you had to like replace it with a different word, you I know? So, and so and people are also going to call out that if you use different words, like, is she doing that on purpose? Is she not being full open honest with us? Um, super weird example. And like swearing, obviously, I don't think is as big as video of other things. When it comes down to your marketing on who you serve, what you talk about, what you think is important, that cohesively drills it down into something that I think so many people miss. It's because, oh, let's look at our competition. Let's try to fill yeah. a hole that isn't mm-hmm. there. And like, well, how about instead you just start with what you know, right? Instead of looking at it holistically and finding the small hole you could force yourself to fit into, how about you just... <laughs> we, we get Hank? Hank Hank's, a, yeah. Hank's Hank. a special guest a, on our podcast. He's not a neighbor. So he's pretty pumped about it. <laughs> but yeah, instead of like trying to fit yourself into a hole, figure out basically like what you could build and then start from what you know and build from there. Well, and my favorite story of, hey, like be yourself, swear on it. I had, there was someone on LinkedIn I had reached out to just to like me, really liked what he had to say, very big in the veteran space. And I like just messaged him and I said, you know, hey, if you ever like want to chat or any, whatever I said, I liked his post, anything. And he said, oh, funny enough, I've been wanting to reach out to you because I want you to be my rep, my resume writing resource for all the vets I work with. And he works with hundreds of thousands of individuals and has a LinkedIn top voice um, rating on his profile. And when I talked to him, I go, really, I'm shocked. Like you want to work with me. He's like, listen, Angela, there, there are hundreds of resume writers out there. There's yes, people that have more followers than you do but there's too stuffy. They're too stuffy. You, you're yourself. Like you call out bullshit. You swear, like you're a freaking, you're, I think he said you're a fucking human. And that's why I want to work with you. And to me, that was so crazy because here's this guy who's like, yeah, tip top, perfect, uh, kind of like on LinkedIn or in military, like awesome career. But for him to say, Hey, look, I want to work with you because you're yourself and you are great. And you make me laugh. Like that was like, okay, I'm doing something right. But that's always my favorite story to tell with that of, like you said, the right people will want to work with you. And do you want to really, like you said, sacrifice the one for six or I'm sorry, six for one, one for six, what we talked about, but. Well, I think the, the other right thing is like, it. well, the easiest way to crush your business is to work with clients, like to work with bad clients. Ugh. Like that is the easiest, like you can't take clients as for money. Um, right. Also, I know you have to run, so we can wrap this up here pretty quick, but I think right? Like the biggest takeaway, especially the stuff that we get to do together is obviously like the transactional parts of strategy and fulfillment that now we get to create, which takes a ton of weight off of people's shoulders. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the really fun part for both of us is that we're not operating out of an agency. We're not even, and now we're not even solopreneurs. It's like, we get to find that middle ground. We're like, Hey, you know, if we don't have you as a client, both of us are going to be fine. We have other sources of income that we're relying on. So we get to step in and just be the no bullshit people. We're like, hey, you know what? We're going to fix this for you. We're going to write your content. So you don't have to worry about that. But we are going to tell you how it is and what you actually need and what you're struggling with and what's broken right now. And we're going to fix it. And if you don't want us to solve your problems, that's fine. But like, we're not going to do something that is for our benefit because right. we don't need to. Um, mm-hmm. We just like, yeah, with all of our clients, exactly what we just talked about, we get to be like really bullish, honest, straightforward. And not even do we get to show up and just tell them what's wrong. We are also the ones fixing it. 
So it's like we have hands-off clients outside of certain things who just get problem solved for them day in and day out. For sure. But yeah, it's crazy to see how, like for sure how far your business has come in the last 90 days, mm-hmm. let alone now where we're just like stacking it on with new service offerings and everything else. It's been a blast. It's been fun. It has been fun. And that's what, that's why I had this idea to do this. I'm like, we work well together, obviously that I talk mm-hmm. to you, I don't know, every single day or he, you mess it, whatever. We talk with every single day. Working it together. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> like, it just makes sense of this. Like, this is what I wish I had and needed to really succeed and what we can offer to others. So yeah. Amazing. Reach out to us. I will include a free consultation link if you are interested. As always, Nick, I know we're going to do this again. So I'm just going to, we'll say that. But if you want to reach out, if you want to learn more of what we're doing, we're offering a free audit of your business right now. Completely free, as I've mentioned. I'll include a link to that and look forward to working with all of you. And Nick, thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.